but it's it's funny. Like you asked me to dive into it, and I'm like, man. And I know that I like I've listened to other people's stories. I've listened to this kind of stuff, and it really is like there's an aspect that like if you love something and do it, like that will be shared, and the value of that like will have its returns. This is Maestro on the mic. A podcast designed to help you change your mindset and your life. It is time for something new. Join host Dr. Shante Cofield, also known as the Movement Maestro, on a journey to see the bigger picture. Open your eyes. Find your passion and discover how movement unites us all. Let's get it popping. This is Maestro on the Mic. I'm the Maestro, and you're about to get maestro Five, Three, two, one. Hello, friends. Maestro here. Welcome back to another episode of my favorite podcast. We're keeping in line with the kind of circus theme this month, and I got a guest with me who maybe, hopefully, you've heard of. I'm going to do kind of a little bit of a different intro, maybe make it a little bit of like mystery. But what I will say is that she is a tree climber turned entrepreneur. Her story is incredibly fitting for everyone that we've brought on uh, in that she has followed her passion and 100% curated her best life. I'm actually super stoked to have her share her story because uh, it's, like many of yours, uh, less than conventional, less than traditional. Uh, most recently, or I guess to say what's the most uh yeah, most recently, she is the founder, creator, head honcho, boss lady of the artist athlete, and she has a she has two cats now. You need to update your bio, friend. She has two cats now, and we'll probably get into those. So, without further ado, welcome to the show, my good friend Shannon McKenna. Welcome, yes. Honey. <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, it's so good to be here. It's so crazy to like listen to someone talk about me. Oh, like just kind of like sit here and be like, eh, I do need to update my bio. Crap. My yeah. other cat just came in the room. Like, what the hell? Man? <laughs> Literally just like came in, like checked me out. You know how cats just like want to make sure everything's okay. They just look. Yeah. And they're like, hey, what's yeah. up? Yeah, exactly. What's up? So yeah. you have one. Thank you for making the time. You're busy, busy homie. But you have a super dope background. And if you folks want to check out her website, we'll link it, of course, in the in the show notes, theartistathlete.com. But it's a super extensive in-depth but story bio and it's very you i'm like this is great but i just want to pass the mic to you and be a terrible host and be like tell us more about yourself shannon (laughs) well i was born on a snowy day january 12th 1987 oh my god beautiful (laughs) i was yeah capricorn i love it yeah 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 um no let's see where to start i think Um, I guess I could start by just saying that like I have never wait is this true my career like one of the decisions I made in my career was like I really didn't want to wear shoes okay you know like I was like yeah yeah no I I was like shoes are they're they're all right they get you from place to place they protect your feet but they're really restrictive and like not a lot of fun for some reason I just always associated shoes with being like not Not fun. fun okay yeah um, I've got some fun shoes now, but you know, like in general, <laughs> no shoes. So I, uh, I became an acrobat. I'm a professional circus artist. Uh, I, yeah. And I don't have to wear shoes. When um, you were first climbing trees, did you wear shoes? No, 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 Never. no, no. I'm from Atlanta, Georgia originally. And we had a big old magnolia tree out in my front yard and I would climb it every day. And I'd just kind of like get up there and sit and look down at the world around me and think I don't know, seven-year-old thoughts and just kind of chill. Um, but I've always, I think, uh, really enjoyed uh, time. And and I've, I, I don't know when I became aware that that was like the only resource that's finite, mm-hmm. or I believe that it's the only finite yeah. resource we have. Um, money, you can make more of, more. you can spend a lot of it, you know, you can always do that. Love is hopefully not finite because I'm always finding ways to have more of it, mostly for said cats, um, you know, but time, we don't know how much we have. 
And I, I always was very bad at doing anything except for exactly what I wanted to do with my time. Um, so that kind of led me on this very strange path. I went to New York University for theater. I was always a drama kid. I think there was something in there about like a, a fear of being forgotten or, huh. you know, that like thing where I was like, I really want to be somebody and I want people to know who I am. And I, I always would think about like Marilyn Monroe and how people knew who she huh. was. And yeah. And so I was like, well, I know I'll be an actor. I'll be an artist. That's a great way to never be forgotten. Interesting. Okay. Which is. okay yeah 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 yeah. which is not true I mean this is all like you know seven-year-old up in a tree logic but um yeah so I went to NYU and I I had a great great experience learning a lot there and um one of the things they advise when you're in their drama department is that you go and see a lot of work you go and see everything you can you go and you know like this is like we would go up to Times Square and we'd go into Broadway shows you could do what's called second acting it which is where you kind of waited until intermission and then you'd go up and see the second act because they didn't check tickets so you didn't have to pay for the show you just see the second act because you know um yeah so uh yeah so I would do all that and um it took me to Scotland to a huge festival called the Edinburgh Fringe Festival which is the largest kind of um people say self-produced art festival in the world and I was seeing all these shows and I was seeing all this stuff and I I saw this one show and I was like I don't know what that is. It was so physical and it was it was aerial silks. It was circus. It was called the No Fit State. They're a Welsh circus. Um, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but that's what I want to do. None of these performers are wearing shoes here for it, <laughs> you know. Um, and so, yeah, so I kind of from there, you know, did a lot of physical theater and searched around until I knew what it was um, and then uh, went headlong into it uh, in a really like uh, typical Capricorn Shannon McKenna kind of way where I just made the decision and that was it that I packed up my car I went from New York City I lived in uh Georgia for about a year I'm from Atlanta originally as I mentioned and then I went to a training facility uh called the New England Center for Circus Arts which is in Vermont it was started by twin sisters who uh had a swinging trapeze act for Cirque du Soleil for years and years and they wanted to get off the road start families and they wanted to teach their craft. So, and now people come from all over the world to train with them. Uh, It's actually, I think it's still the only, they have a facility there now. They spent a couple million on it. And it's the only facility in the United States that was built specifically for circus arts. So a lot of different places. um, Yeah, a lot of, they like will renovate a church or an old warehouse or factory, but this place was like designed for circus. Yeah, so I went there and trained for three years and then got on the road and did the circus thing. Um, and then a lot of different things happened in my life, wounded. And, um, but what kind of the issue with being a contracted artist, and I think a contracted anything, you know, is um, you're kind of dependent on whoever's hiring you. Mm-hmm. That's the work you have to do. That's the you have to fulfill. And for circus artists, it can be even more difficult because it means you have to travel for long periods of time and you don't really have a say over how long you're away from your family or you don't really have a say over, you know, the costume you're wearing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and that was good. I, I spent my time kind of honing my skills and learning from all these great people and traveling everywhere. But I got to a point uh, around my 30s where I was like, you know, I, I think there's something more I can do with this than just be a performer on stage or show up and, you know, teach little workshops here and there. I wanted to create more and dive into, you know, my my super verbal side, my writing, my, you know, my my talking, which you don't do in circus a lot. You're moving. And um, so I, through a lot of different ways, I started um, an online company called The Artist Athlete, which I basically took um, a workshop that I had been doing. And I wrote it all down and shot some videos and put it into a PDF and kind of had someone, you know, 15 bucks or whatever, format it for me. And I put it out on Instagram. And I woke up three days later. I have one of these stories where, you know, I woke up three days later and all of a sudden I had more money in my bank account than I think I'd ever had at one time Mm -hmm. in my life, you Mm -hmm. know? And I I hate, I love that story because it always catches people's attention. It always like is like, oh, whoa, that's what you did. That's how you started an online business. That's so inspiring. Um, But I also hate telling the story because it's an inaccurate representation of actually what the work looks like. You know, like 
I'm sure you have this experience totally. as well where it's just like, no, but for years before that, mm-hmm. you know, like I was, I was, I was struggling, um, but like in the best way, you know, I was really learning the stuff that required me to get to the place where I had to get. I, um, you nailed it there. I want to, I'm going to be terrible hosting and, and interrupt because I want you to expand on, not on the struggling part, but <laughs> on, I've always believed that your, your online business starts in person. It starts with the things you're doing, <clears throat> the things you're learning and such. Can you speak to that? Because that was far from an overnight success. That was three years to make, trans, or excuse me, three days of transactions, but that's years of preparation and you're, and you're growing your social media following and stuff, you know, leading up to that. Can you speak about that overnight success just a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. That's such a great distinction too, that it wasn't, it was three days of transactions. Yeah. I love that you, yeah, I love that distinction. That's really on point, Shante. It's like, because before that, I was traveling all around the country and I was meeting people and I had worked at pretty much every studio in the US and some of them in Europe, you know, like I had, and I didn't know what I was doing at the time. I think the other interesting thing is like, I didn't ever consciously say, I'm going to do all this. Totally. And as a result, I'm going to have this ebook and then I'm going to make okay. what I thought at the time was a bunch of money. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, uh, yeah, I, but I was building this genuine kind of, I didn't even know I was building a base at the time. I was just doing what I loved and sharing it with other people so who also were not wearing shoes, you know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> don't you get cold? Nah, nah, I'm no, good. Just, I'm good. I'm sitting here they do, they on. do. Sometimes I put on socks. You know, you know, I live in Canada now. I moved to Montreal, which is kind of the epicenter circus, and they've got really warm wool socks here, and it's great. You know, like I don't Snow ever. Have to it's, cold, bless you. it's awful. No, no, no. <laughs> Zero out of ten would not recommend a winter in Montreal, <laughs> especially for someone like you who nope, just loves nope. the beach. Yeah, elementally wimpy, cannot do that. It's rude. So. Yeah, but it's it's funny. Like you asked me to dive into it, and I'm like, man. Eh. And I know that I like I've listened to other people's stories. I've listened to this kind of stuff, and it really is like. There's an aspect that like if you love something and do it like that will be shared and the value of that like will have its returns. Nailed it. Nailed it. That I hope I don't pick the teasers, but I'm going to be like, hey, Courtney, I know you're listening to this. Uh, (laughs) That right there. Sound bites. That is the teaser right there. That is that's it. That's so it. But the thing is, you know, it's not super sexy because people inherently realize that that's going to take a lot of time. And they're like, oh, that is great. That sounds great. Like, do what you love and, and, and you know, become freaking amazing. I'm putting the time. But that last part, they're like, but does that happen overnight? Or like, I got to put in a lot of time. I don't know about this. But I, 100%. That story is so good. The, my, the my coach. Oh, sorry. I'm I'm being oh. a bad guest. I'm no, go go go. No, my coach. You know, my coach Victor Fomang. He's like, and I have my own podcast, the Artist Athlete Podcast. Can't wait to have you on, Shante. Um, I have this Russian coach, this old Russian coach, and he speaks French. You know, and uh, he says to me all the time, "Pas magique, pas magique," because you know I'm working on these really high level skills right now, and I'm like banging my head against the wall trying to get them. And his his it's always the same. No magic. There's no magic. There's no magic. Oh. But I've been starting to think that actually, like the magic is the time. Yes, 100%. it's the time you take. It's the it's the way that you put in all those hours and all that energy. That's actually the magic. And if Amen. you're not seeing it as magic, then you need to be doing something you do see as magic. Oh yes, because those yes. are the returns that you're really going to get. Man, I feel like I'm like in church right now. Or That's something. it. Let's go. You know, like, but it, it's true. And I, I don't know where it comes from in me. And I don't know how it leaves. I don't want to like other people, but I don't know what happens in people's lives. I guess it's a fear or like security or there's some mm-hmm. kind of thing that happens where people don't trust that. Like, really, if you lean into what you love and you're creative enough and you're smart enough, you can really get it any way you want it. Nailed it. And I was actually, I have my whiteboard, of course, but next to me. And it's one of the things that I'm going to have you keep speaking about in terms of going after these things. You nailed it. And for the folks listening, I think uh, if you want to listen to the episode I did with James Olivia, I think that might give you a little insight perhaps about why that stops and Mm. what happens. And people, you know, from a young age that are, imagine... Shannon, that someone told you you couldn't climb a tree. 
What would what would you have done? Do you think? Uh, I probably would have been like, oh yeah, what about this? <laughs> but you make a really good point, actually. And to like kind of talk about my background and like you know, my mom is a child and a le- my mom is a child and adolescent psychiatrist. Okay. So I was, you know, like, and I have, uh, there's old videos of me and I'm like crawling across the floor and I turn around and I look at my mom and she goes, oh, she's checking in on me. <laughs> that means she's securely attached and she's reached the stage in her, de- you know, like she knows it. And I really credit her. She never told me I couldn't do something. That is huge. Never told me I couldn't do something. That Ever. is huge. I think that's something that you and I share because people ask, they're like, how do you do that? Like, why did you... The thought of like not doing something, I'm like, but of course you just do it. Like if you wanted to do it, then you go and you do it. And if you don't want to do it, you don't do it. Yeah. And that's not like a, that's not something that's standard for a lot of people. And I too credit my mom. She was never like, you can't do that. She was like, okay, like maybe don't die, but I'm like, all right, cool. I want to kind of go into that more. Sure. I love that you're speaking about you know, your background and your mom with that, your life and the things you've done, you kind of like, like glossed over it real fast. You're like, and then I became a circus artist. Like you went to (laughs) school, you went to all, you're training all over the world. You're working all these different places. There's a lot of autonomy there. And you're like, Mm -hmm. I want to do this. I'm going to do this. Was there ever any pushback from anyone? Or is this like, I want to do this. I'm going to go and do it. Um, there probably was, uh, yeah, you know, definitely there was. Yeah, there was. I mean, my my I mean like like I don't want to say like my parents were just like, "Oh, yes, you can do it. Go forth." It was mm-hmm. more like we just dropped a whole bunch of money on a very expensive university and you mm-hmm. want to go do what? Yeah. All right, cool. Go figure that out. Okay. You know, like there was no financial support. There was very little emotional support at that time. Mm-hmm. It was really tough. Like, you know, like I was, you know, like chilling on food stamps in a mm-hmm. very cold very drafty apartment in Vermont. You know, like it was it was yeah. not easy. I yeah, I got a lot of pushback in the in the form of kind of a lack of resources is really what it was. Yeah. It was really just like my my parents being like, no. And everybody else, I mean, I'd always kind of been this person who just did what they wanted. Mm-hmm. So no one else was gonna tell me not to do it, but yeah. they were kind of like, that's odd. We'll see how this all mm-hmm. pans out for you. You know, um, and uh, I think I really credit that time to a lot of the resourcefulness I have now. And I think about, you know, like going through those times and and now when I have so much, you know, like I I don't like it would suck to lose it all. But I know I could and be all right. And I think that that's super valuable. I'm going to ask a question about this. Let's see where where it goes. I'm very big very keen, if you will, on word choice and mm. like why you know, the language that people use and kind of dissecting that. You're talking about a time that sounds really hard. Uh, just a lack of resources. Like that's something very tangible. Like we can understand that. And especially like as it relates to like creature comforts, like one, I'm like, it was cold. All right. I already can't do this. <laughs> like, but you're know, like, you know, food, warmth, shelter, things like that. Lack of resources here. You didn't one time in that use the word struggle. You you just said it was, you know, cold and drafty and I and it built a lot of, you know, ended up building a lot of uh, the resourcefulness that you have now. How when you when you were in that situation, how did you I don't know if you can put yourself back in the situation, how did you view it? What were your feelings then? Um, I viewed it as kind of the only option. Yeah, I I didn't actually like I was like, this is my goal and this is what it's going to take to get there. So I'm just going to do it, you know, and like I never thought of it even as like a lack of resources, Shantae, you know, like I because I had so many resources. I worked this cheese factory. I made $15 an hour and every week they gave me two pounds of free cheese. You know how many calories are in two pounds of free cheese? Almost enough to fulfill six days a week of like circus training. Almost. You know, I had some bread. I, you know, like I got food stamps. I got, you know, like what I, and I, I was never, I never feel like, felt like I didn't have enough because the question was never, oh, I don't have the resources. It was always like, how do I get the resources? I love You know? 
And it was always this just question of like, well, I don't have this. How do I get it? Um, there was, I don't know, because it was what I wanted to there do. And I didn't really know that there, like, I couldn't see anything else. And oh, I, mind yes. you, like, I also, I feel like this is also when I was, you know, like 22. And awesome. to put it in a little bit of perspective, you know, it was 2009, the stock market had just crashed. So no one had a job. There was, an, there was no certainty. And I think for people of our generation, you know, like we've learned probably better than any, well, I don't want to say any generation, but like there's a certain uh, something that we have because of all these kind of like exterior forces mm -hmm. that have come upon us that we, I hope are a little bit more resilient and a little bit more like, well, you know what, like nothing's really going to be provided for us. So how do we make it for ourselves? I think that that uh, being in that mind space and being in that time period, I also I can't totally say like it was just me. It was me looking at the times around me and being like, well, even my friends who, you know, put a bunch of money into going to medical school or mm -hmm. PT school or, you know, like all of that, they don't have jobs. They have a ton mm -hmm. of debt. And I will say, I do want to say that I did graduate from college without any debt because mm -hmm. of my parents. That is one mm -hmm. thing they did. That's awesome. And that is not to be overlooked. Yeah. Um, For I sure. think that especially as an artist, um, sure. it is a huge privilege to have that, the, mm -hmm. like not the security of having resources, but not owing anything. Not owing. Yeah. Not being you know? a million dollars in debt. I think it's, yeah, super important. I love this. I'm glad. I, I love this too. Love this. It was the only option. Yeah. That is a profound statement and something that I, I get it. I hear it. It makes total sense. And I, you folks listening, this is why, you know, I said in there earlier on the podcast that she fits in, that Shannon fits right in with everything else that, you know, every single person that we've brought on the podcast, it was the only option. It was what you wanted to be doing so someone else in that situation might be like fuck this is a struggle this sounds terrible because it's, it's not what they wanted it's not what i wanted but it was the only option it was what you wanted to be doing that is super super profound and i mean i obviously i love that you are aware of your uh your privilege and such actually let's use that as a segue uh sure. being aware of privilege we all have privilege in different ways one of the things that's so cool to me about your Instagram presence is that you are so vocal with speaking up and speaking out about things. How has that been for you? Um, again, I feel like it's the only option. I love it. I you know, like I, I like people and you know what I don't get, you know what I don't get is um, last year after George Floyd was murdered um, and I, you know, started posting more. However, I mean, I want to be like, I was posting before it was mm -hmm. cool to like, but like, whatever, it don't matter. Um, people, the most people were so interested in whether or not I was losing followers. Yeah. That was like their big thing. Did you lose any followers? Did you notice a dip in your followers? And the answer is no, mm -hmm. I didn't. Maybe I lost followers. I don't really care because yeah. it, it doesn't matter. It's what's right. Oh. You know, there's like a very definitive thing where like you see something that is wrong in the world and you have an opinion about it. So why not put it out there? The conviction. Um, I'm the not self-assuredness. Sure. I love it. <laughs> well, it's not, I, I don't think I'm assured of myself, but I'm assured of like the world that I want to live right, in, yeah. What's, you know, and like how, north. yeah, to be, it. I don't know, part of that. Um, and it felt like, to not say something. And I, I I actually think this is an interesting thing about internet culture now because it does almost feel like to not say something is irresponsible and people notice it. Mm -hmm. You know, like you do have to have a stance and you do have to, you know, like stand up for what you believe. Um, and I don't, I mean, I don't think it should be performative. Totally. I think that, you know, like, I think that we should all, I mean, like as human beings, it should, it, we have to educate ourselves about what's going on in the world around us and what's going on to each other. Um, but it was never like, I was never like, oh, should I post this? Oh, mm -hmm. should I do mm -hmm. this? You know, like there, it was again, like, no, nah, I, this, I believe in this, so I will post it. Um, and actually that I've, I might do my own segue here, but I actually also am very personal on my online presence. You know, like it is a business. The artist athlete um, is dedicated to educating people about circus arts in their bodies, the history of it, all sorts of 
uh, in different ways. I should be able to say my mission statement a lot slicker than that, but you know, we're, we're just talking here, so whatever. Um, but I share a lot. I'm not, because I think I wasn't ever in a professional environment where I had to, again, wear shoes. Oh, um, okay. I never saw a difference between my personal life and what I was sharing online in my business. Mm -hmm. I, I, yeah. I, I just two weeks ago, I went through a breakup and I put on my Instagram stories. Hey guys, I'm going through a really hard yeah. time right now. Please send memes. Hundreds yeah. of memes came in, yeah. you know? And like, I, I think about this with art and I also think about this with entrepreneurship is there is an, it's hard, right? And they, you know, you read studies, you read articles and people talk about how, um, people who are entrepreneurs are doing way more work sometimes and getting paid as much, if not less, sometimes than people who just have a regular nine to five. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to cover our health insurance. We have all this stuff. But I think what I also have is the ability to really cultivate my presence in the world and the and what I get back from people. Yeah. And the fact that I went through this really terrible breakup and could just make a post that was like, hey, guys, send memes and get memes from all over the world. Totally. Like. Oh my God, that was that you can't put a price on. That. Totally. Oh, I absolutely, absolutely. Um, yeah, I love it. It's one and the same. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I was, to be honest, Shante, I was a little nervous to come on today because I was like, I don't know, I don't know. That's why I asked you earlier, like, what's your, um, what's your demographic? Yeah. I know you have a lot of physios. I know you have a lot of people going toward entrepreneurship, and I was like, well, I'm just an acrobat. Like, what do I have to offer? But I do, I think life. that your presence, <laughs> thank you. Entire, but I think that, yeah, yeah, like your presence and the way you lead and the way you do your business is is super inspiring. Thank and you. So thank hopefully, you. Hopefully. Yeah. You fit right in, 100%. Like, this is a no-brainer. And then part of the reason I love podcasts is then I get to hear, I can read, I can go and read someone's you know, fucking bio and be like, all right, cool. But then you get to like hear their story. And the parts mm. that light them up and the parts that they hang on and the, and the the things that they actually, you know, connect that maybe they don't say in, you can't yeah, but so much true. that you can write down. Like, yeah. it's incredible, incredible to hear. Why, why, why is that? What is the name about? The By the way, athlete. folks, the artist athlete, uh, we'll link it in the show notes. So consistent branding, God bless. Uh, so website, theartistathlete.com. We'll link that. And then as for Instagram, it's the underscore artist underscore athlete. We'll also link that. But what's the name about? Yeah. So the name, uh, you know, like I didn't really, I wasn't one of those, I'm not really a brainstormer. Like I'm not a person who like makes a list of all the different ideas. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the first thing that came to my mind. And it actually did. I love it. I, did, I didn't even, well, because I needed a name, you know, I'd already written the ebook and I, I needed to, uh, I think I needed to open a business account. And I was like, oh, if I'm going to open a business account, I should probably have a name for my business. Um, the artist athlete. But I got it actually, um, well, obviously circus artists, and I think a lot of different movement art, movement artists always have to kind of balance and straddle this line between uh, physical technique mm -hmm. and what what it means to kind of go in that direction and be very precise and have an understanding of this very tangible, very like in a very literal sense of the word physical being. And then um, artistically, like what does it mean to be almost on the other end of the spectrum that like super creative, that like they're really the best rule is to not adhere to any rules that kind of amorphous mm -hmm, artistic mm -hmm, for lack of mm -hmm. a better word um existence and what a circus artist is and i think what a lot of yogis are i think a lot of movers in general um kind of have this really interesting interplay between being an artist and being an athlete yeah. and that's what i wanted to explore and i named it that Actually, initially, and I, I don't share this as often, but I named it that initially because I didn't know if I wanted to continue circus at the time that I started the company. Oh. And I wasn't sure if I was going to take it into, you know, like interviewing gymnasts and figure skaters and because there's all these other art forms that are athletic endeavors as well. Yeah, um, totally. And I, I just think there's something really awesome about being an artist athlete so that's that's where the name came from the artist athlete yeah i love that you, and i'm zero percent surprised but you have so many one of the things that you oftentimes you may find when you bring someone on the show is you're like oh we have a lot more in common and of course this is why you know 
we resonate. But you are a person that likes options and, and having this freedom, having this autonomy and the name, you know, that's why the same reason I went to movement maestro because I was like, I don't know if I want to do movement forever, but movement can be a lot of things. So I don't know if I want to yeah. do PT forever, but this name will work. And here, oops, dropping shit. Here I am teaching Instagram, uh, not doing anything with movement per se. So I love that. As it relates to the, the artist side of things, mm-hmm. uh, and you went to school, you went to an expensive school, you went to NYU. Was there ever a concern on your end like, hey, how am I going to make money? Or is that like, nah, you don't care about Um, No, I kind of, n- well, no. How am I going to make money? Was I ever concerned about that? I, I think I'm more concerned about that. Honestly, I mean, I think I'm more concerned about that now than I ever have been before <laughs> in my life. But it's, it's less a question. I've never said, how am I going to make money? And it's more like, what am I going to do to make money? Um, and thinking about like word choice and what you're talking mm-hmm. about, because like, like I can make money in a whole bunch of different ways. You know, I was, I waited I like tables that. for a really long time. I did all sorts of things, but like the question again is like the doing, yeah, you know, like, I like and, that. and not kind of framing it in like the, the end goal is to make the money. Mm-hmm. The, the goal is to like do something that makes money. And oh, so I never different. really concerned myself with like, how am I going to make money? I was just like, what am I doing? doing? And how's that going to make, you know, like, or what am I doing? And is that going to make money? That's amazing. It's a totally different way of thinking. I think, I think that ties into what you kind of said earlier too, with feeling like you could show up or having the permission, the self-granted permission to show up in a way on social media, because you were never like in more of a corporate structure or in like a structure that gave you such confines where you're like, I have to act a certain way. I think Mm -hmm. that's, that ties into that as seemingly as well where you know if you if you've grown up if you went to school if you have this traditional very traditional like i'm gonna be a pt straight and narrow you're part of your you know wiring is like how am i gonna make money how will i mm. make money how will i get that's money? so weird though because it seems so obvious if you're gonna be a pt you're gonna like yeah and that's why you do it exactly so oh, like okay. you've become because of that you never think about you just said like i never worried about that because like i could do a million things yeah. If you're on a traditional street and narrow, you're like, but this is what I do. Mm. So mm-hmm. this is how I'm going to make money. And that kind of, that mindset definitely, I think, brings people into that path of I'm going to get a job because I have to have a way to make money. Not and what hey, I like, do. Yeah. I, you know, honestly, though. I have a lot of respect for people who just have a job to make money. I have oh, yeah. a lot of respect for that. Like if, if, if you know that you're going to show up from nine to five every day and you're going to like make the money. Crush it. Yeah. And yeah, like get it, get your life. And then, but again, like what I started saying and like, I just will believe until I run out of time is that time is your most valuable resource. And then the question is like, okay, if that's what you're doing to make money, great. Now, what are you doing with the rest of your time? time. That's it. You know, and are you being intentional with that? Because if you are, you probably won't hate your job. 100%. I think that's where people start to come and listen to this podcast and they're in my ecosystem and they're kind of like, I don't have enough of the other time. I think that's mm. when it starts becoming an issue. We're like, I think it's great. I, told, I love that you brought that up. I think it's great. You have a set job and you're like, yeah, it, it's a means to an end and I'm proud of what I do. And awesome. That's amazing. It's when people are start to be like, I don't have enough of a life outside of what I'm doing to make work, to make money. Yeah. What do I, what do I do? And that's why stories like this and hearing from you and, and you know, it just gives people permission that they didn't really know, they didn't realize they needed it, but it gives permission to like think a little differently and, and and live life a little differently and make choices based on what they actually want, or even start to stop to ask themselves, what is it that I want? Something that's not always there. In terms of what, they want because you said that you you dropped it a little bit before so i'm going to circle back to that the outfits the costumes i don't i don't want to say the wrong word uh the clothing that's worn during performances yes Yes. that's a that's like a thing for you like i will have a fun time watching instagram and you were saying earlier that you know when you're contracted like you don't get to choose what you wear uh how has that played into things i feel like how you express yourself, at least from what I've seen in an outside perspective, how you express yourself is pretty, pretty big through these, these, these outfits. 
Yeah. So I kind of screwed up Uh-oh. by doing that, you know, because <laughs> it, <laughs> now, so for those of you who don't follow me, you should at yeah. the underscore artist underscore athlete. I'm on Instagram. I'm just hanging out. But I do. I, I mean, I kind of have a model that I, I've observed in a lot of people do very well, where I take exercises and I take things that like have helped me along my circus path and I film them and I put them on Instagram. It's pretty straightforward. Lots of people do it. Um, but, and as I was doing it, I was like, I'm real bored of doing this. And I, I have all sorts of different ways to kind of like keep myself entertained as I'm doing it. Um, and I guess I, what I wanted to feel like was that when people watched my exercise videos was that they weren't like, is this yoga? Nothing against yoga. I adore yoga. I practice it myself, but that's not what I do. And that's not my, that's not the people that I want to, you know, necessarily inspire. And it's not my, it's not my thing. It's not my brand. Um, But circus is. And so I was like, well, I can do the same exercises. I just wear a sparkly costume. Because that's what we do in the circus. Um, and so that's where all that came from. Now, I don't highly recommend it because now I'm like, oh, they've seen this sparkly costume. Mm-hmm. I got to go out and get me another one, which I didn't think about a lot. Um, but I'm starting to kind of play with the idea of, you know, lifting people up and getting different costume designers within the community to collaborate with me and send me things and doing giveaways and um, kind of using it as a way to, especially during the pandemic where a lot of artists can't perform, Mm -hmm. but they also make their own costumes to kind of like take my spotlight or my platform and share it with other artists who are doing things. So So. good. It's so many segues. Which way do I want to go? Let's talk because it's top of mind. Can we talk a little bit more about, you just said at the very end right there, pandemic hit, Rona hit, artist athlete, the artist uh, community. Yeah. You did a bunch. Uh, how was that for you? And and then what did you do during that time? Because you were lifting people up and still are. I am shocked that people are like, I can't believe you're going. Like, I can't believe that you've done so much during this time. Because I definitely spent the first month of the pandemic drunk watching RuPaul's Drag Race. 100%. <laughs> like, shut down. Every, like, you know, like, I did the podcast. But, oh, it was a mess. I was a mess for a really long time it was really hard and I started therapy during that time again um and what my therapist said was like because I, I was it was the first time I think in my life that I was like how am I going to make money it was that question for the ah. first time because I had to cancel a whole bunch of workshops I sent back you know thousands of dollars in deposits I was just like what am I am trapped in a foreign country what am I going to do and my therapist was like well if you had an assistant how would they take care of you right now you know, and mm-hmm. um, so what I've done during this pandemic is really tried to show up for myself as my assistant and huh. give myself a lot of time and space. Oh. Um, and actually, I feel like it's weird because looking back on it, I've created a whole bunch. I've created a whole new line that I'm continuing with. It's called Shoulder Bar. It's just it's. Um, a series of exercises to systematically warm up the shoulder. It can be done by pretty much anybody. You can be a circus artist or yogi or anyone. Go check my check it out on my website. But I created that. I hit episode 100 of my podcast hey. and I was doing all these things. Thank you. Um, I was doing all these things, but at the same time, you know, I was really resting and I was really for the first time kind of like taking a lot of downtime and not doing much during the day because yeah. I felt kind of crappy, to be honest. Um, And I shared a lot of that on Instagram. I was like, this is my depression, but Mm -hmm. I'm making it circus. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's again, like just showing up, I guess, for my people as honestly as I could, because it's a lot more exhausting to pretend. Oh, gosh. You know? I don't understand how people can do that. I don't think they can. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't even. So where are things at right now? I have another question, but. Uh, let's continue. Where are things at right now? How does the rest of the, uh, I mean, we're still, you're still in lockdown and things like that up there, but what is it looking like for you and the art, the arts world and Cirque world? Yeah. Um, so I don't trust or know anything about what's really going on again. Like from the, like I started the artist athlete because I didn't want to have to depend on like performing work. Mm-hmm. Um, and So when the lockdown happened, I still didn't have to depend on performing work and all these people who were like scrambling to start online businesses, who, by the way, 
three years ago when I started the artist athlete, where my DMs telling me I shouldn't be doing it. Work. All of a sudden, well, not only it would never work, but it was insulting and it was oh. against the art form and it was, and who was I to blah, blah, blah. And uh, yeah, I got wow. some very, a lot of pushback and a lot of anger. Those same people sliding in my DMs being like, how did you do this? Wow. What do you use for this? And I'm like, literally, bold. are we goldfish? Very bold. Oh, wow. okay. very bold. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, like uh, artists, circus, entertainment—it's really tough. It's 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 a tough world, and it makes it can make you really tough. It can make people really, um, yeah. Uh, but I don't know. So where things are now, I'm stronger than I've ever been. I'm training, you know, less than I ever have, and I'm stronger than I've ever been. Huh. Um, I'm living with my amazing two cats, which I got during the pandemic. And I'm just, I'm just kind of still waiting. I get vaccinated June 3rd. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. Hopefully the borders will open soon yeah, and I'll be able to make it back to the U.S. and see my family. I haven't seen my family in a year and a half because I've been Damn. here. I'm yeah, stuck. it's been really tough. I've been, yeah. But it's, I think it's that thing again where I don't feel like, I mean, I guess I could have gone home in the beginning of all this, you know, and by home, I mean back to Atlanta, yeah. back to Georgia. But it was that thing where I was really like, I want to see this out and mm -hmm. I, I need to be my own person and I need to build the artist athlete. And then I kind of took it on as the challenge to be like, well, now's the time. I have nothing else to depend on. I don't even have a visa to work in Canada. You know, I'm oh. living here as an artist. Yeah. And yeah. on, you know, like I'm now in the process of getting the visa. Um, but yeah, so can the artist athlete really sustain me? Um, and it absolutely has. So, dude, I got, um, I have another question, but I think it's, I'm going to continue with this because it's a little better segue. Yeah. Can you explain, because you only had like five seconds before, but what exactly the circus, the, the circus, the artist athlete is, what do you do now? <laughs> I have no idea. You have an open, see, this is, you got, you got an open mic now. So you got I don't know. What do I, okay. What do I do? I make um, educational resources and products. So I make eBooks, I make workshops, I make content essentially mm -hmm. um, for all sorts of movers. I'm really expanding, but specifically for circus artists um, to protect their bodies, to strengthen and really have targeted exercises that help them uh, continue with their craft. I make those. I have a podcast where I interview people every week who are movers and shakers in the cir circus industry or adjacent industries, which is how I'm sliding you in because the people are asking. Adjacent, uh, yeah. Like it. yeah, yeah. So I, I have my podcast and that's great. And that's funded through Patreon. Um, so yeah, so that those are the two primary things I do. I create those. And then the third thing that the artist athlete really does is I have a creation intensive. So mm. I was, for the first two years, I kind of like doubled down on the athletic side because mm -hmm. that's the more like objectively, it's the thing, as I said before, like in the physical world, like people want to know how to move their bodies. Totally. It's always going to be something that will sell if you know what you're talking about totally. when you're trying to sell it. Um, but it's the artist athlete, not just the athlete. Yeah. And so in this last year, I've launched the Act Creation Intensive, which is for... Um, creators who want to make art and don't know what that process looks like and need a bit of support, need a bit of accountability, need a community of people to do it with. Um, and we meet once a week. I have a group on Thursday afternoons and I have a group on Tuesday evenings. And we meet and I give them assignments and they come in and they share their work and they tell me how they feel worthless and they tell me they don't know and they tell me it's not perfect and I tell them to keep making stuff, basically. What kind of work? Uh, yeah. Uh, it's mostly right now it's circus arts. So it's people who have, you know, I've had hair hangers, oh. I've had aerialists, contortionists, hand balancers. So performance artists who work with their bodies. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What's your specialty? Your forte? Yes. My forte is uh, aerial straps and aerial silks. So um, aerial straps, if you have ever seen like gymnastics rings in mm -hmm. the Olympics or in a gymnasium. I don't know. Um, that's kind of the best reference I can give. And then aerial silks are those curtain things that you see in Cirque du Soleil. And uh, yeah, you, listen, I'm not in the Cirque world, but you are built 
for my audience, you look like you do CrossFit. Like, <laughs> if you were to see Shannon, and that's like, like a, in my opinion, I hope it's not as much as offensive. Like Shannon's fucking jacked. Now I know, like you know, aerial uh, artists are gonna have stronger upper body. It makes sense, but like Shannon's like fucking jacked. Is it? What's your background? Was um, there, was I, there weightlifting in there or anything? No, like no, I don't lift weights. Love it. Um, it's all body weight. Um, I. I guess I could. I don't know. I don't lift. Well, there's gyms aren't open, so I can't lift weights even if I wanted to. Um, but I, I, jo- I lift my own weight, yeah. and that's enough. I think that it's – I eat a lot. It's good. Um, yeah, eating's good. 10 out of 10 would recommend. <laughs> Very good. And my mom was a swimmer, so she's got shoulders like mine. So there's gotcha. a bit of a genetic okay. component of it too where I just, I just have the shoulders. It just I, I kind of joke sometimes, especially when I'm not training as much, that they're just designer muscles because – they look like this kind of no matter how strong That's I am. What's up? I mean, so fuck yeah, yes. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'm yeah. not mad at it. Fuck but um, yes. I don't do CrossFit. No. That is a very like, oh man. I think that I would have a very different relationship with CrossFit if I wasn't co- constantly mistaken as a CrossFitter. Fair, fair, very <laughs> um, fair. But yeah, no, I don't. I people always ask me. They're like, "What do you eat? How how many reps do you do? How much can you bench?" <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I I. I wear a sparkly costume and sail around in the air. That's what I want to do. I don't, I don't know. Was that ever an issue for circus? Like the, are you built like, I don't know. Again, I'm not a circus person, but yeah, no, no, no. Circus or in some ways it depends. It depends. I mean, you have to like circus is an, it's part of the entertainment industry. Uh So there is an aspect of appearance that happens. So in some ways I'm built for circus because I'm physically strong and, Mm -hmm. you know, touch wood have never been injured because I think partially it's because of the way I train partially it's because of my genetics and um, I can, I can take it. I'm tough. Um, But also, you know, I'm not a long dancer body. So there are Mm -hmm. certain, there's certain work that I'm just not contracted for because of that. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, this is so good. You just like you're like cool. That's not that. That's not for me. But like, I well, it took me a while to get there. <laughs> Listen, you're there now. That's what we're yeah, saying. Exactly, you're exactly. There yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, now. no, no. But I, I think it's important to say that it took me a while to get there because I, I mean, like, you can talk about it really casually, but I think it's a different thing when you're trying to put food on the table and you are cursing that you're not, yeah. you know, five seven and 105 mm-hmm. pounds. And, yeah, um, totally. But that's just not who I am. Yeah. Speaking of eating. You have a, like a segment on your Instagram that's about potato chips. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I love potato chips. I, you know what? I, yeah, I love differently flavored foods. I think there's something really okay. cool about the fact okay. that you could like put lasagna flavored on a potato chip. And when I traveled a lot, I would, anywhere I'd go in the world, I would always go to the grocery aisles and like look around at uh, different you know, uh, like the chip aisle and be like, what flavors we got? I see a weird one. I got to get it. I got to try it. Um, and I don't know why I started posting about it. I think because I like, I found someone, I posted it on my stories and then someone from New Zealand was like, I have Mountain Dew flavored Doritos. What? And I was like, shut the front door. I'm going to need those. So what I did was I was like, if I get a PO box, Will you send me those Doritos? And she was like, "Absolutely, that sounds great." Because you know, this is pandemic lockdown times now. I can't travel yeah. to get my potato get chip those. fixed. So I had a I had a follower on Instagram who was just like, "Yeah, let me send you these." I was like, "Great!" So I got a PO box, and I put it out online. And now people, I mean, I probably get like, I don't know, four to six bags every month of like yeah, really weirdly you, flavored potato it's wild. chips. <laughs> put them on Instagram one it's like a very strange art installation it's amazing <laughs> and I commend you for the effort that it takes to make stories like that and like you have to caption the things and you do a break like, it's very it looks very labor intensive uh, and I respect that and I'm like this is really cool like connecting with the audience eating chips interesting flavored chips it's fun wow yeah, no, it's super fun. It is labor intensive. I have tried to figure out ways to make it less labor intensive, um, uh, which is why I don't do it probably as often as I, mean, I would like, like lot, to. Yeah. You know, I got I got a couple bags still sitting up there. I got some really strange <laughs> ones that I gotta I gotta rip open. But yeah, I think captioning takes the longest because I have an Android. So ah, uh, yeah, mm. yeah. I'm grateful that you write the captions on there. I know Instagram came up with a new fucking feature. 
the auto-generated, which is great for accessibility. But real talk, I don't want to fucking sit there and read someone's whole thing. Like, I read No, and faster. I kind of like, I like that the captions can be, yes. they're not just like supporting it. They yes. kind of like change it exactly. in a way, you know, like sometimes I'll put things in the caption that kind exactly. of like make fun of myself or like do other silly little things. Thank you. And like it's an art. Exactly. It's that, it's that, yes. you know, I'm not just an athlete. I'm an artist. <laughs> I, I love shit. it. I see it, man. I'm like this chick put in work. You did that. And there's another one you did. Um, you're kind of like in my ma- mind, I don't, again, I don't follow 11 billion circus people, but you're like the safety Cirque artist as well. Mm. Like, okay. Don't rig that shit all janky. Yeah. Is that like your stick too? Or you just like, or like, this is common sense. I have to say this stuff. <sighs> Very that. I mean, the same way that I say Black Lives Matter, mm-hmm. I, I mean, like for different reasons. Yes, totally. Let's, I get let's, you. let's get this really straight right now. I got but you. Um, yeah, like I, I say, like, it's the right thing to do. And yeah. I, I kind of, this was the one time where I was like, I know that if I start posting this shit, First of all, I'm going to get a lot of eyes on me, which is never bad because mm-hmm. Instagram is, let's be real, let's it's all free so. marketing and yes, that's what yes. we need. Um, but uh, I also knew that like I didn't necessarily want to be branded as like the safety aerialist, but also I didn't want to see a bunch of people falling out of the sky. Totally. Because that's very bad for my industry. Yeah. Come on. So, uh, so I just like once, like, so now I'm like every once in a while, you know, like I'll throw up a post. It's like, look, this is, this is the industry standard accepted way to be safe and I get hundreds of comments and I get DMs telling me I don't know what I'm talking about and blah 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 blah. and but I think for every DM I mean it's easy to focus on those but for every one I get like that I get a bunch of thank yous and I get you know like and I hopefully am helping people so people are like no I want to fall on my head like all right well people are yeah they just I don't know the one you just did with the uh maybe like the petzl thing was pretty cool just it's cool. I like I like looking at gadgets and such. That's probably like, <laughs> like my most favorite part about when I was rock climbing a lot. I didn't really even I don't like going high, but like the gear is really cool. And I'm like, oh, this is pretty interesting. Yeah, and a lot of what we use in circus because it's such a small industry is really borrowed from. It's either borrowed from ships and Whoa. the rigging that they do on ships, or it's borrowed from rock climbing. Ah. So yeah, Petzl, Rock Exotica. They're my people. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool. Yeah. Uh, let me pick up my board here. I got my feet up. This has been great. I'm just make sure I, I got all the... Dude, my... we haven't talked about cats at all. Go ahead. Let's go. Oh. Please, tell me about your experience bringing in a second cat. <laughs> Rupert just looked at me. He said, fuck no. But uh, what was your experience bringing in that... <laughs> getting cats and bringing in a second one? Dude, the second cat really sealed the deal for me. So I got I got Puppy, my first cat, somewhere in pandemic times. And Puppy and I, like, I don't know, I feel like uh, much like you and Rupert have this love for each other. People are always like, are you a cat mom? I'm like, no, this cat is my best friend. I'm exactly. not its mother. Like, exactly. that's that's inaccurate. Like, <laughs> I'm a different species. It's impossible. <laughs> you idiot. So, <laughs> so I got this cat and we really like, we're like bonding, coexisting. And, but I, I don't know, like I was, I started to think like, you know, like if I was, trapped in here all day and the only thing I could hang out with was a cat you know like if I flipped the switch and I was puppy like I would want another human yeah so I did a bunch of research and I was like okay puppy's a male he's neutered he's eight months old I need another cat who's male and neutered and eight months old so that they can like keep up with each other and play um males apparently are much less territorial than females oh that's interesting get along better yeah yeah and um I wanted one that had like kind of an out because puppy also has a really good solid personality he's mm-hmm. really outgoing he's not a shy cat so i wanted another cat like that and i yeah so i got on kijiji which is kind of like the craigslist of canada kijiji. and huh. kijiji yeah yeah <laughs> i got on it's the gum tree if you're in australia uh yeah i got on and i i found this cat and i went and i <laughs> it's kind of a, it's a very sad story i basically i got this cat from this lady who was didn't really know how to treat cats very well and i was like cool cool you're coming with me Hervé. um so i always joke that like i got a cat for my cat yeah cuz that's, I mean, that's really what it is yeah. is like puppy now has a cat um but and i introduced them very slowly i looked at a bunch of jackson galaxy a bunch of things where i would put one in one room and one in the other and i had a baby gate mm-hmm. in between yep, them yep. had them treats and you know did the whole thing so and then one day the baby gate i think it just fell over 
puppy ran in there and hissed at each other and then they just started playing. <laughs> all right, they had, they had that so, one moment and then they're like, all right, we're cool now. Yeah, exactly. So they like exactly. they chill out, they sleep next to each other, like they're friends? I wish. They groom each other and they play. Okay, they play cool. all the time. They play like, yeah, they wrestle and they do all that. They don't do the grooming yet, but I also think that maybe come wintertime when it's a little colder, they'll snuggle together more. Yeah, I, I look at Rupert and I'm like, do you want this? Mainly because like, I, I play a lot of volleyball, right? And I'm gone from the house a couple hours. Mm. He doesn't seem to really mind because uh, he's just fucking sleeping. But I am like, do you want someone else? But you never know because when you adopt a pet, they always have like the little thing on it. It's like this animal would be best in a household that's like X. And I'm like, but they have like such a small interaction with this cat and it's so fucking stressed out. Of course, it's going to say like maybe this cat is better not with other stuff but that's probably i know part of the reason i got rupert because it said like he would probably do best in a house where he's the only cat he's a shy mm. guy gotcha. i'm also like i think he'd be fine because you know miss faye comes over and they tell her each other just fine i think that it would be better if they were the same species but i think the barrier is honestly they don't know how to play together mm. they both kind of have anxiety and then like <laughs> rupert like hisses and miss faye like kind of barks and then rupert's like that's loud i'm scared and oh. they don't they don't like they don't fight, but I'm like, I think if they were the same, they would could be like, we're play wrestling, but now they just yeah. like look. You're yours like they play rough and tumble. Your your dudes. Oh, Shantae, are you not following the artist Cathlete? Uh, apparently not. I didn't know I... that. <laughs> so the artist Cathlete is my my cat's Instagram page, and I basically that's my experimenting with reels. We haven't got a, like a so yeah yeah I've been playing with reels on a, on the artist Cathlete, which is basically like I just film them play fighting and then put no. a song about friendship over it and call it a day. It's great. Cats make their own content. It's I mean, so good. absolutely. It's what it's like the accounts are the best. Like any yeah. of the accounts. Are they, uh. do they, do they fight though ever? Is like any like wounds? No, 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 no. They're super good. They don't fight. Uh, they, no. That's amazing. They're Cats great. Amazing. Yeah. Freaking Cats amazing. are. How's the hair? And I was always a dog person. I always joke. I have no idea how I got wound up with a cat because I have such dog energy. Like I'm such a golden retriever as a human, <laughs> but I, I got these cats uh, and I never grew up with cats. I didn't know. I don't, I'm but, all about yeah. the cats. Like, I mean, dogs I, are cool, but. The responsibility from the dogs. You have to walk. That's really the walking. And you can't really kind of leave them for a few hours and feel bad. It's not for me. Cats, next level. Is the hair situation getting out of control or you're you're fine? 100% out of control. Yeah, I'm going to go vacuum after we finish yeah, this interview. Figure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. That is. I was like, oh, I want a cat with like short hair. And then I end up with Rupert. Like, you right. did not get a cat with yeah. Both no. of my cats are at least short hair, so I I feel like I would imagine that both of my cats probably equal one Rupert. You know, he's actually not so bad. My brother has a cat that's short hair, and I'm like that cat definitely sheds way more than Rupert. Huh. I have to brush him. I do. Yeah, I groom him a lot because otherwise I don't want him to get like throwing up and like getting hair. I'm like you're gonna get hairballs, man. Like let me help you out here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he really likes it, so I'm like, all right, cool. We're just gonna. This is my life now. And brush a cat, but it's worth it. I think, and maybe that's it. Like short-haired cats, I don't brush my cats, uh, and maybe that's why because they're short-haired, they don't mm, need it, and they don't really want to sit still for it anyway. Mm, so, mm. yes, I have to keep Rupert handsome. I mean, he does a very good job himself, but I'm like, let me help you out because I don't want you to try to clean this, and then you're gonna get hairballs, and I have to clean up your throw up. So we're yeah. gonna do this instead. <laughs> No good. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, so I'm really enjoying this. <laughs> I mean, this, this is section of the podcast. Listen, is people, are, people are going to resonate with this. We'll be like, yes, I have a cat. They're invested. You know, your people are invested in your. Wait, what's the other cat's name? Hervé. That's that's a lot. It, it, it is a lot, but you know, I'm uh, I'm I'm trying to integrate here okay. in uh, in Quebec. Okay. I'm trying to be. A, I'm learning my French. Okay. Hervé spelled H E R V E with a little like accent okay. over it. Hervé. He's named after a character in um, this show called Call My Agent, which is on Netflix, and it's uh, it's a French show about an agency in France. Um, and I watch it to learn French. I was going to say, and do you Hervé speak French now? Are you fluent? What? Oh, I wish I was fluent. No, um, but it's it's a way that I am spending my time now, and I'm really enjoying the process of like learning another language. I speak mm. a bit of Spanish, okay. but um, yeah, I kind of was like, this is the year I'm going to learn French. Uh, so I have a tutor 
And then my coaches are French. My or well, one of my coaches, the Russian guy, he only speaks Russian and French. He doesn't speak English. So um, I speak circus French is kind of what I joke. Wow. You know, what so, a life. Uh, you, just, you gotta you gotta live a life somehow. So you may as well. So good hang out with two cats and be a circus artist. I mean, you're doing what makes you happy. Like I'm, I'm just looking at the board and it's just like, it was the only option. And then in such a good way, like it's so interesting to think about you choose things, create things, uh, have made decisions such that you have options. But when you go and do stuff, you're all in because you're like, this is the only option. Like that is remarkable to me. Yeah. Everybody has options. I think that that's, uh, I don't know where, I I mean, again, maybe I need to listen to this, this other podcast, but I think that people forget about their options. Oh, they absolutely do. You know, like we all have options all the time and it's, it's beautiful. Like waking up in the morning, you have the option to lie in bed and check Instagram. You have the option to get up. You have the option to like, there's so many micro options in your day, you know, and it's just absolutely people. Absolutely. And those are the ones that I'm really interested in now because I feel like with big options, I'm quite good. Mm-hmm. But now the game is like, all right, how does every moment of my life become intentional? So good. So mm. good. So what's next? Well, okay. So shoulder bar, which is my uh, kind of line of sets of exercises that people can do to um, warm up their shoulders or just get more shoulder health flexibility, mobility. Um, I'm making more of those. I am starting to think about going toward directing in the circus world, which I'm super excited about. I'm, um, yeah, starting to make some contacts and, you know, just like, again, like just doing the thing, getting in a room with some performers and having script and being like, let's do this thing. Let's give it a try, see where it goes. Um, and I really, you know, I, I traveled so much for my 20s and into my 30s, um, and I, I live alone with my two cats, and I, I don't own any furniture. So yeah. my uh, one of my summer goals is to really make my house like a real home and okay. make it look like a place I really want to live. Because uh, as I'm, like, really focused on, like, exterior things and time, I've I think that being a rough-and-tumble kind of person has made me not as interested in my environment in a way or not pay attention to it the way that I see other people Mm -hmm, do. mm -hmm. And I'm like, what would that be like Mm -hmm. to live in a place that's like not just functional, but actually like looks like somewhere I want to live. So that's amazing. Amazing. Thanks. If folks want to stalk you in a good way and uh, follow your, your, decor improvements or upgrades changes they want to follow the cats they want to check out your stuff they want to work with you how can they do that uh 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 oh okay instagram at the underscore i can't believe it you know every single podcast episode i have like a rundown and i can probably do it without thinking and i don't know why i just blanked on that the underscore artist underscore athlete on Instagram. Go follow me there. That's kind of a really good jumping off point. Awesome. From there, you can go to the website. Also, subscribe to my email list because mm-hmm. I love to write. And the things that I send out to those people are chaotic in the best way. Um, I really enjoy email. So Instagram and from there, you can find my email list and say hi. Please say hi if you hear this podcast and you're like, oh, I heard this like slide into my dms and let me know because i'm always interested i love that call to action i love it that's amazing anything else anything else i miss anything else you want to say oh man no i just really appreciate the time that you take to create your podcast and all this stuff that you create in the world i think that it's really tricky like in entrepreneurship especially online especially right now for some reason there's a whole lot of noise out there oh my god there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of um template action there's a lot of the same kind of shit that uh, it's all clearly from the same canva template and i really appreciate that you're doing your own thing and making it different. And I just thank you. So the last thing I want to say is thank you for uh, showing up in the way that you do. Because I think it's super cool. That's like a super big compliment. You're like an artist. So thank you. That's fucking awesome. I appreciate it. That's awesome. <laughs> so are you. Like, ah, wow. Last question then. Yeah. Officially. I ask everybody. What do you want to leave 
what words would you like to leave the people with? You could say none. I've already fucking said it all. But uh, <laughs> if there's anything else, what, what do we want to leave the people with? What do I want to leave the people with? Oh. Yeah, just um, trust your fun. Mm. Trust your fun. I think that, like, that's something that... Oh, yeah. Trust your fun, and then every morning... Um, Take 15 minutes and write your thoughts. Cool. Trust your fun. And yeah, trust thoughts. your fun. Like, like do things that are just, do them because they're fun. Yeah. I, yeah. That's big. That's very, very, very big. I have many thoughts on that and then we have to, we have to chat about that some more. Uh, yeah, for sure. Because yes, people don't do that. There's, there's like two interesting words that you put in the sentence there, trust and fun. People struggle so much with both of those. Mm. So it's so interesting. It's such a, it's such a short sentence, three words, trust your fun, that I'm sure is going to make people feel some kind of way. And I love that. So Sweet. I love it. Thank Yay. you. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Shannon, thank you for taking the time and sharing your brain and sharing your life with us. This has been really, it's been really fucking dope. Really my really pleasure anytime awesome anytime you folks listening thank you i know you could have been doing anything and you chose to listen to us and for that we are both actually all of us we got the, the two cats over there one cat over here rupert is definitely in the room <laughs> right now we are all endlessly appreciative of yeah, that sure. not gonna ask for any likes or subscriptions or anything like that this time we're gonna keep the call to action consistent if you liked it if you loved it if it resonated if you're picking up what we're putting down do me a solid and go slide into shannon's dms and just be like hey i heard you dope combo that'll be awesome right all right officially wrapping it up until next time friends shannon and maestro 